once upon a time warp, deep in outer space, there lived the most sinister villain in the universe, Dark Helmet. I can't breathe in this thing! Space Ball. They must have hyperjets on that thing. And what do we got on this thing, a Cuisinart? Starring Mel Brooks. It's for you. As President Scrooge. Who is it? Daphne Zuniga as Princess Vespa. Daughter of Roland, king of the Druids. Funny. She doesn't look Druish. John Candy hey, boy, as Bart. Whoa! Whoa! Give me Paul! Bill Poon as Lone Star. Ludicrous speed! Go! Mel Brooks as the magnificent yogurt. Don't make a fuss. I'm just plain yogurt. Rick Moranis as Dark Helmet. Why don't we take a five-minute break? Spaceballs. The movie. Smoke if you got him. And may the Schwartz be with Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, the movie review podcast that'll slice and dice or praise and hype a movie each and every month as a theme. And as it's May, aka Star Wars Month, I am doing the prequels. And since I've already done the originals, I'm doing the prequels. Thing is, there's only three of the prequels, so I need a fourth and fifth movie. Luckily, there is Rogue One, but for my fourth one, I'm doing Spaceballs, and this is a very special podcast, because not only is it my 200th podcast, yes folks, 200 of these fuckers, but I have special guests, the lads from the Graveyard Shift pod. Introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Sheldon. And I'm Mike. And okay, I know this is a departure for you guys, I usually only do horror, but variety will never hurt anyone. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, I'm, no. This is great because uh, since me and Mike has been doing this podcast, been doing the Graveyard Shift. I mean, ninety percent of the movies that I watch now are horror. Which you know, I'm not complaining. I'm a, both of us are big horror fans, but it's uh, mm. nice to have an excuse to actually check something else out on purpose. You know? Yeah, yes. it, it took me a while to remember other genres exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when I first started this podcast, I was going to do exclusively horrors until I decided to branch out because I realised every single podcast is doing like horrors, horror, horror. So I decided to branch out doing comedies and actions and even musicals. I mean, <laughs> the only thing yeah. I've not touched yet are chick flicks, and that's a big fat no. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's... We're not going to hear Johnny talk about bridesmaids? <laughs> oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of horror movie podcasts out there, and there's some really good quality ones. So that's yeah, one of the yeah, reasons, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Mike and I uh, started this one, like we uh, there's a couple that I'm huge fans of. So uh, I'm a huge fan of. So I we had to make sure that you know we did something a little different than what they're doing. So we just didn't seem like we were like, hey, that's a great podcast you got us too. Let's do that. Mm. So. So we yeah. kind of switch it up a little bit. I mean, all in all, it generally is a breakdown of just what we watch a movie and we talk about what's good and what's bad. Um, but uh, what makes us different is where Mike comes in, because uh, Mike's a bit of a comedian and uh, he decided to incorporate some, you know, a little more humor, some skits, uh, does a little sp a little special feature called Kill the Week. So 
I think mm. that's what you know gives us a little bit of uh, difference from so many others. Yeah, we get to express more of ourselves rather than copy anyone else's uh, breakdown style or research. Like anybody can do that, but we can add our own unique takes on what we felt the movie was missing. Or if it was missing nothing, then what the hell would two idiots like us be doing in that type of world? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually, one of my favorite parts about your podcast is the little skits <laughs> and the stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. some of them are quite good. Um, yeah, that's uh, like I said, that's uh, the brainchild of Mike. Uh, literally first the first couple of episodes we recorded before releasing them i was kind of like i don't know if i want to do that that's i don't think that's going to work um so after about maybe our first five or six episodes we, we decided to not do that we just mm. kind of cut it out and um wasn't long after like, we did a couple episodes without incorporating these skits people started messaging us and say hey what what happened to uh, the cutting room floor that's what we call that segment most of the time and uh so it turns out, like to my surprise, a lot of people actually really like that. So, I'm like, all right, Mike, you're right. Let's do it. <laughs> Having mm. a forceful personality comes in handy now and then. <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm, yes. All right, then. Um, now, let me see. Yes, right. As I was saying, so this thing is going to be different because I usually go through a movie, rip it apart, scene by scene, or praise it for scene by scene. But this one's going to be completely different. I'm doing this. Variety to my pants, so to speak, so let's be joyful. <laughs> I do, however, have bullet points so we can talk about these things. Uh, this will be interesting. Anyway, so fasten your seatbelts and hold on to your butts. This is going to be a bumpy fucking ride. We're about to go on a ludicrous speed. <laughs> yes. As long as we don't t- as long as we don't reach plaid, we'll be fine. Yes, the tartan. Come on, the Scots. Uh, <laughs> see, I almost forgot to bloody do the whole much the same cost and the plot noise malarkey. Anyway, with its budget of 22 million, this thing pulled in 38. I mean, it's all 38 million for this thing. Jesus Christ, a bit shit is on. I mean, this is a classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was quickly turned into a cult movie favourite. Um, I'll go into the cast in a quick plot summary, and then we can actually discuss the movie. So starring Mel Brooks, John Candy, Rick Moranis, Bill Pullman, Daphne Zunga, and Joan Rivers, uh, directed by Mel Brooks. The quick plot summary, uh, this is a spoof of Star Wars, Star Trek, and Planet of the Apes, along with aliens. A rogue pilot and his sidekick must rescue a kidnapped princess and her trusted droid from the hands of an evil race of beings known as Spaceballs. Hmm, sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> uh, with the help of a magic ring, mystic being and a spiritual force called the Schwartz. Can our hero save the day? That was short and sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so is this actually your first uh, Mel Brooks movie you've actually covered? Um, Yeah, this is the first one that I'm actually going to be talking about in any type of you know, uh, recorded form, at least. <laughs> I've talked yeah, about Dracula, this movie in great lengths. But... Dracula Dead and Loving It hasn't made it to our podcast yet. <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to attempt to do... To do... Um, what was that? Once he's done again, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, no, the um, Hitchcock parody he done. Uh, what was it called? High Anxiety. I was tempted oh, to do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I was to do Young Frankenstein, of course, but I'm kind of on a fence with Young Frankenstein. So, mm. oh shit, there's also that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Like I said, I'm kind of on a fence with Young Frankenstein. I can kind of take it or leave it, you know. Um. Anyway, right on to the bits and pieces that I found online and bits and pieces I found all over the place. Mel Brooks apparently sent George Lucas the script uh, because he didn't want to get his 
but he sued the pants off of. And apparently, yeah, true. And apparently Lucas went, yeah, there's no problem. Here's my blessing. Oh, by the way, use ILM for some some um, uh, special effects. So Lucas actually helped gave him ILM, which I thought was quite cool. Wow. Um, and apparently this is why the Millennium Falcon is actually parked outside the little canteen place to go to the old diner place. That's, if you notice, there's a little, ding, a little small Millennium Falcon. Apparently that's how he managed to get that. <laughs> Wow, that's, I didn't even notice that. No, it's, it's in the diner scene towards the end where John Hurt dies. There's a little small um, Millennium Falcon parked outside. Anyway, well, uh, let's see. Uh, one, other, one other thing is, oh, are you done with the uh, Lucas? No, 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 no. On you go, on you go. Sorry. Yeah, I did like a, a small read-up and it says that uh, Lucas gave him permission with one caveat. Which was? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Excuse me. No merchandising. Because he said your 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 figures would look like mine. Oh, interesting. Because I there's another point I've got in my list here. Um, where apparently Mel Brooks actually uses Star Wars figures as the whole parody bit. But I'll get back to that a bit later. Um, so hmm, interesting. Uh, let me see. Back to the other movie here. Uh, Joan Rivers wasn't actually cast until late into the shooting, due to the girl who was in that uh, gold suit who was a ballerina. Apparently had a, had not a quote comedy voice according to Mel Brooks, so she was wasn't told until the premiere and was pissed she was dubbed by Joan Rivers. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this poor woman in this thing, she was what was one hundred and twenty five pounds, and by the end of shooting, she down to one hundred and ten. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, because apparently this thing didn't breathe and it was solid plastic. And it was in the middle of the Arizona desert, so this thing could not fucking breathe. So oh she's God. sweating and sweating. It's like, bloody hell. Yeah, that uh, was uh, Lauren Yarnell of Shields and Yarnell, which was a big 70s duo. Oh. Was it? Okay. Oh, so it was. Yeah, I've got one. one. Yeah. <laughs> I've got her down here as uh, Lorraine Jansen. I've got her down. Okay, uh, yeah, Lorraine Yarnell. That's her IMDb credit. All right. Okay, then. Okay, then. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Oh yes, and Joan Rivers was actually given free range to um, make stuff up on the spot, basically because all the stuff is pre-shot. So all they done was like use her own sort of script, which I thought was quite interesting. Because why would Mel Brooks give another comedy icon free range to just do anything she wants? <laughs> you know, yeah, when I she's Joan I, Rivers. Well, yeah, it's Joan Rivers. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean. Hmm. Uh, Oh yes, an improv was key on the set. Apparently, uh, Mel Brooks would do about fifteen to twenty takes and demand improvisation on each and every take. Could you imagine doing that? <laughs> wow, the I mean, Stanley st- Kubrick of comedy. Yeah, but to say yeah, step aside, Stanley Kubrick. Jesus Christ! I mean, um, because apparently, um, Mel Brooks liked to have the honest reaction to stuff. Which is, oh, I think, quite interesting because if you've wrote the bloody script, if you're producing this thing, should you know what you want instead of going, oh, just improvise, it'll be fine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's just totally bug nuts. I mean, mm. yeah, trying to get honest reactions for uh, for comedy, mm. like one of those takes just does break down into people cracking up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I was thinking myself watching this thing. I'm going, so do you want your your actors just to to mess around on set and we'll take that one. That's perfect. What the... Uh, dear, oh dear. Um, most notably for that one was um, the Police Academy guy that have got the sort of voices. 
he was making stuff up on his set content, uh, constant, uh, I can fucking speak, Conti- uh, I still can't fucking speak, uh, constantly, he was making stuff up, so, I mean, what the hell? Uh, I'm not surprised that he was improvising, but uh, as for the rest, yeah, that's very surprising that they didn't have, uh, well, I mean, I guess they did have a set script, but, you know, they did Mm. so many takes, letting people improvise so much. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think they they heard a a script and were told, this is the basic skeleton, run with it. You know, it's fantastic. Mm. I mean, but, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, That's good for for, uh, John Candy, you know, another comedy icon, but people like Bill Pullman, who was, that was his first movie. And he was going, but I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. Help me, sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, yes. One of the most disgusting things I, I found was Pizza the Hut. Which I love that one. Oh. It was actually a real pizza. That is real cheese and real pepperoni. And that poor guy just sitting that thing for, <laughs> I think it was 13 hours. Under a sun lamp. Oh, yes. my gosh. It's, Actually, he was lit from underneath, and he was set alight. The fucking fan set fire to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, so Vinny really meant it when he said you're delicious. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, God almighty. Imagine this poor guy, this poor stuntman is sitting there with a fucking fan roasting his ankles under this cheese and the pepperoni and the smell. I mean, oh, my God. Uh, apparently, Dom DeLuise was supposed to be in that. But he took one look at it, went fuck right off, and did, did, did he do it? So well, I'm surprised they weren't. I'm surprised they didn't fear he eat it. Mm. So yeah, so Dom DeLuise was um, obviously done the voice, but he was like replaced by one of the stunt doubles or stuntmen, whatever it was, and he refused to do it because he was sitting that thing for 13 hours under heavy studio lights and a, under four fan. I was like, what the fuck? Jesus criminies! Um, I just find that utterly insane. That is, that is crazy. Man. The grease was not coming from the cheese. Mm. <laughs> God, I mean, can you imagine that? But you're sitting there with this huge, I don't know what it's made of, I guess it was made of foam rubber suit, which is coated then in tomato ketchup, or tomato, no, tomato ketchup, tomato sauce, and then cheese, and then uh, pepperoni, and then told, keep this thing warm. <laughs> Could you imagine the smell of that? I mean, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's making me kind of... Uh... Made me feel kind of sick just thinking about that. Yeah, the poor guy that's sitting up for, for 10 to 13 hours, for fuck's sake. I mean, Jesus, drink it. Um, what else I got to say? Yes, the toys. This is what I found interesting. The toys, the Space Boys toys and merchandise, was actually Transformers and Star Wars merch. Um, <laughs> the coloring book. It was mm. just Optimus Prime on it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that fucking yeah. cracked me up. It's the first time I've noticed that when I saw it today. I'm like, they didn't even try to do something like Optimus Prime. They just fucking ripped off a Transformers coloring book, mm-hmm. slapped the Winnebago on it, and called it like a sticker adventure on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same with the um, cereal box. It's Transformers cereal. <laughs> it's like, oh, for crazy. Um, and apparently there's a couple of Star Wars toys at the back, which I didn't actually freeze frame to find out if that's true or not. But yeah. I mean, what I love about it is the, what is it, the flamethrower for kiddies will love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh dear. Well, Elon Musk came out with a flamethrower and, you know, apparently people love that one, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I don't think it's actually a market for kiddies, mind you, so mm, I'm not sure. How yeah, when I, was, uh, when I was a kid, a couple of my friends made their own flamethrower. Mm. <laughs> Spray can with a but... lighter? Uh, no, it was actually much more complex than that, and uh, <laughs> it did not work out well. 
<laughs> okay, who went to the, the registrant then? They had a story for the burn ward, I'll tell you that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, when I was a kid, I made the flamethrower out of the aerosol can and lighter and roasted some spiders because I cannot stand spiders. And that was joyful. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, God. I got telling off my mother when she found out about that. And I was like, no. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, oh, yes. The other thing I found quite interesting apparently, Mel Brooks and John Candy did not get on on set because John Candy wanted to cover his entire face uh, with prosthetics. Mel Brooks wanted to have John Candy because he was John Candy and they had a little bit of tiff on the set until they came to compromise, i.e. the dog ears and the sort of wig thing. What, oh, candy. the eye patch. Yeah, and the eye patch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, could you imagine that? You're paying John Candy, I don't know how much money they paid him for this thing, a couple of million at least, and he hmm. wanted to cover his entire face. I mean, I could see huh. where, where Brooks is coming from. No, 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 this is my... My movie sort of stuff. So hmm. I guess yeah. Candy was a fan. I guess Candy was a Star Wars fan. He goes, I want to look a bit more like Chewie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. Actually, why is he called what was he? Barf? Barf. Or why is, why is he not called <laughs> Chewy or something like you know, like or, or Chew Stick or something? I mean, why Barf? I mean and he's a what's it, a, a mad dog, a, a mog or something like that was it? I mean, yeah, a mog, half mog. man, half dog. Yeah. So I mean, I, I would just love to see, like, that family reunion where you get to see, like, his human father and his dog mother. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah. Oh, God. From yeah, the planet of all them. He's own breast friend. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh, oh yes, yeah, so the other thing about that suit, apparently the tail was controlled by John Candy himself with a little device in his pocket so he'd smack him. <laughs> Uh, Bill Pullman in the face with his tail, but the ears were done by two separate um, puppeteers offset. So that must have been fun, having this big heavy headpiece on with the, the wires in the back and the big battery packs and stuff. So it must have been quite interesting in the middle of a fucking desert trying to get the sun out of that thing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, speaking of the desert, Dotatrix, i.e. the not C-3PO, her suit was a hundred Celsius in the Arizona heat. As I said, this thing was unbreathable, and she lost pounds and pounds and pounds of weight by sweating continually. I mean, Jesus, could you imagine that? You're sitting in a bloody... I mean, I thought um, Anthony Daniels was bad. He had to take his suit apart. But this woman couldn't even take it apart. I mean, that's poor... Poor woman. <laughs> yeah, that's, you think that's you could terrible. Put a fan, you think you could put a fan or two in there. Mm, yeah, yeah. And apparently, when she was wearing the, the roller skates, she couldn't see where she was where she was going, so she was getting pulled along. Performing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh god! I mean, I, I just love to be a fly in a wall when somebody says, "Oh, by the way, uh, this is your headdress and this is your outfit." By the way, there's no fans, there's no heating system. You want to breathe? You have to take the whole thing off. Uh, really? <laughs> no. Uh, so I, I just like so you expect me to die? Mm, in yeah, <laughs> in the desert. And what now? It's how hot? How about no? <laughs> no. Jesus Christ! Um, let me see now. Oh yes, Rick Moranis was another person that got on Mel Brooks's nerves because apparently he changed every single take, even though it was improvised. <laughs> he changed subtle things, and it was driving Mel Brooks up the bloody wall. But <laughs> But he would also often pick um, his take, uh, Baranis's take, 
and has ideas. So that should be interesting. The whole, um, what is it? The, uh, what, the smoke it if you have them stuff where he bangs his helmet. That was off the cuff, just boom, what, you know. And hip with um, Dark Helmet playing with the uh, action figures was also Rick Moranis' idea <laughs> uh, on the set. So these poor um, special effects guys had to make these, these dolls up, like given a week's notice or something. So it was quite interesting. Oh, that scene was such a crack up. You, mm. didn't, you didn't see anything, did you? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the fact um, Dark Helmet's outfit, his uh, tie and uh, sort of collar is a not so very subtle dick and balls. I mean, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's called Dark Helmet. It's like, oh, God, how'd you get away with that one for <laughs> Um. Let me see. Yes, yeah, so the improv stuff. Michael Winslow, he was paid $2,000 for one day doing this improv stuff. I'm like, what the? So basically, you're sat there for, what, about an hour doing all these special effects, sound effects stuff, and you get paid two grand for that? Where'd I sign up? <laughs> yeah, really. Jeez. Hmm. Uh, let's see now. Oh, yes. Do you guys know there was a cartoon for this? Yep. Yes, um, very, very interesting, because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the cartoon, didn't they just take, like, all the audio from the actual live-action movie and then just put it up, basically sync it with an, uh, with an animated version of the movie? No, no. this was a, a full season of uh, stuff, and uh, Rick Moranis was replaced, I think, by D. Baker. And uh, uh, the guy that voiced John Candy's character, Barf, was the same guy that did the voice of Bushroot on Darkwing Duck. Hmm. See, I didn't know this thing existed until the other day when I done so well research on it. There's a cartoon. So, hmm. Interesting. Uh, I think the only person that came back for the cartoon was Mel Brooks himself. Um, the rest were all what, voice actors and such. So. Oh, no, Daphne Zuniga and uh, I think Bill Pullman. Uh, no, Bill Pullman didn't resume his role, but Daphne Zuniga did. All right, okay then. Okay, so that piece of research I read was a piece of crap then. Um, <laughs> I tried searching. I, I watched the whole thing. It was Every episode was an interesting parody. One was like a parody of Lord of the Rings where I think like a Lone Star has to look for his Schwartz ring and it keeps getting lost. So mm. he ends up making a fellowship to find it. Mm. It was it was, yeah. it was basically what you would expect from Spaceballs, the movie, the cartoon. I tried, doing, tried looking for it on YouTube and all I could find was the opener the titles and that was it i couldn't find any episodes at all so i was like yeah i well, guess you didn't last very long then but i heard it was exclusive to a certain network and that was it and it wasn't ever released on on dvd yeah it was on spike tv i had to get uh, tv rips to uh, get it myself because hmm. it wasn't aired in canada hmm, interesting interesting and why did i get a feeling oh, we have lost sheldon <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still here. Oh no! All oh, right, I thought I thought I lost you. Now, oh, sorry. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh yes, I wonder. I mean, I'm not that great a Mel Brooks fan. Uh, well, I've seen like I think four or five of his movies, but apparently he hates styrofoam cups. <laughs> and what? ban? Yeah, apparently he bans them from the set. Um, so well, environmental, I guess. Uh, apparently, in every one of his movies up to Spaceballs, you could fit, you can see a styrofoam cup in the background. So he banned the styrofoam cups on the set, which is why Dark Helmet has the whole coffee gag and he spits it out. That was done by Rick Mills just for sheer spite. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Because apparently there was paper cups all over the set, and he went, "Well, it's no styrofoam cups, I suppose." So <laughs> there is that. Um, and this is a little piece of information that I found. John Hurt did the alien spoof for free um, as a, a favour to Mel Brooks. So <laughs> that's interesting. So he done the whole. Uh, what was it, Hello My Baby, Hello My Ragtime Gal thing? Yeah, the Michigan J Frog song. Mm. Mm. That was my absolute favorite scene when I saw this movie as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was about to ask, when was the first time you saw this? Oh, this? Um, I didn't see it. In, I saw it pretty new. Like, I didn't see it in the theater, but it was fresh uh, in the video store. Like, it was fairly new to home video when I first saw it. Mm. Yeah, I was just that was quite some time ago. Probably say ten to twelve, because uh, I was six when it came out in theaters. So definitely not going to be one of those people that like saw it then. But it uh, by the time I saw it, it was I got most of the jokes. I enjoyed it a lot, and I uh, I still enjoy it today. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought this was one of the greatest things ever. Because of course, uh, I'm being a kid of the '80s. I was a huge Star Wars fan. Like Star Wars was probably my first big fandom. And uh, so when somebody, probably some kid in my class told me that there's a movie called Spaceballs and it's essentially making fun of Star Wars. At first, I didn't want to see it because I was like, I don't want to see anything that's making fun of Star Wars. That's mean. <laughs> Come on. But uh, when I finally did break down and watch it, I, I just thought it was just amazing. I probably didn't, you know, I was probably like nine or eight or nine or something. So I probably didn't get a lot of the jokes. Mm. Yeah, uh, I was about to say. Yeah, didn't get the reference. Probably didn't get some of the references they made to things, but uh, like overall, I understood what they were doing, and I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, you'd say that. Who wasn't a, a, a fan of Star Wars in the eighties? I mean, if it wasn't Star Wars. It was Transformers or He Man or, or Thundercats. You know, uh, until the nineties hit, then it was all bloody turtles. It was oh, crying out loud. Because I know uh, when I was in school, it was all about. Uh, Thundercats and, and Star Wars, you know, um, which was interesting because one of my friends was a little spoiled brat and had every single Star Wars figure, <laughs> and I mean every one of them, little shit. That was that was me. I I was that little shit that had <laughs> spoiled brat that had all the Star Wars toys and figures. Mm. I was the guy I, that was sucking up to that little shit just so I could play with those toys. Mm, mm. I mean, I had some of the figures, but not all of them. But he had everything. He had the fucking the Tie Fighters, the X Wings, two Millennium Falcons. Um, and I was like, "What the? Does your brother have ever heard of the word no? I mean, for crying out loud, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, yeah, that was he was just a ungrateful un, spoiled little so and so. He also had every single uh, He Man figure and every single Thundercats figure. And I was like, "What the hell? I mean, why? Oh yes, and his, his other personal favorite thing was Ghostbusters figures." Oh, um, Jesus, I think this kid might have been me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like as I said, as a kid of the '80s, I did have the Ghostbusters figures. I had like four of them because there was like multiple sets. I had like the main four and a few of the, the other toys. But this, this boy had everything. He had the 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 tower, the um, uh, what's that called? The Stay Puff thing? Was that Gozer? Wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, the Marshmallow Man. Yeah, the Marshmallow Man. Was it? Was that Gozer? And anyway, moving on, uh, he had all the variations of all the the figures and he had all the ghosts and I was like what the hell I mean you're selfish like so and so <laughs> but, 
Uh, All I had was the mini traps. Those, uh, like the purple and orange things, like which were like basically uh, just heads with feet. Mm. And you open them up, and it's like a little uh, bear trap with a tongue. Yeah, yeah, I had them. Yeah, 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 too, too. Um, what was the, I had the trap that never worked. They were trying to get the trap open it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, peak- uh, I'm going to tell you how much of a little brat that I was uh, when it came to Ghostbusters figures. Um, somebody actually gave me as a gift gave me the uh, the ghost trap, the real Ghostbusters ghost trap, and uh, I didn't like it because it wasn't uh accurate enough to the tv show <laughs> it didn't so, have an led inside it i no, it didn't i in my opinion it didn't look close close enough to it so i actually had to modify it myself to make it look more like the real thing <laughs> <laughs> so basically you were pissed there was no actual ghost in it then you're like didn't come with a real ghost what the fuck man I wanna I'm, take, the house. I'm taking this to a funeral home or an old folks home now and i'm just gonna wait <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Code blue, code blue. Yes, this is my moment. Yeah, stand clear. <laughs> no, don't look at the light. <laughs> and you, you just tell the old man in this chair, go to the light, go to the light. <laughs> yeah. If this yeah. doesn't catch a real ghost. I'm suing your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. There's Twinkies in there. Lots of them. Quick, go in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of Ghostbusters, they are coming soon, by the by. I'm doing one on Halloween and one in November. So, yay for them. Nice. That should be fun. Anyway, back to this thing, because I've went way off track. <laughs> As I mentioned, uh, the Millennium Falcon is shown at the diner. Uh, on to the number of dark helmets, playing with action figures, done the cartoon. Da, 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 where the hell am I at? on what's where I was now? Oh, yes. The dark helmets ring... Uh, his Schwartz ring is actually Ming the Merciless from Flash Gordon. <laughs> if you look at it, oh, what the hell? Really? Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. It's actually the <laughs> the, the same ring from the eighties movie, I believe, the um, Queen uh, Cheese Tastic um, Flash Gordon thing for the eighties. Uh, I think it's the same ring. Um, oh yes, Mel Brooks while playing yogurt. I hated playing gold because he spent most of his days on his knees and coated in gold paint, which he was allergic to, and kept on breaking out in hives. So that must have been fun. <laughs> I mean, what I don't get is why not just hire a little person to play yogurt, you know, instead of playing it. Yeah, it's your movie. If you don't like playing this character, don't play it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's your movie, dude. You can do whatever you want. Hmm. Yeah, he just couldn't resist the limelight. No, of course he couldn't. I mean, or the yeah. lime-colored body paint. Ah! <laughs> Mike King, ladies and gentlemen. Mm, yes, moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is what's been quite interesting. Apparently, there was four million spent on the effects. Apparently, this is one of the most expensive effect movies of the eighties. Well, eighty. What was it? Eighty-seven, eighty-eight. When this came out. Um. Yeah, so apparently this was one of the most uh, effects-heavy and expensive effects-driven uh, movies at $4 million, which I think is bullshit. Because yeah, what... it did not look that that, that, mm. that big. No, it didn't. No, no, no. Like I say, is ILM, ILM done some of the effects. they done the yogurt ghost appearing uh, in the... Uh, the what's that thing called? A, a trailer? Is that not a trailer? A Winnebago. Winnebago. That's the one for one of you. Um, they done that effect. So 
the rest of them were done in good old fashioned in camera effects, i.e., models and such. Um, so I'm thinking, well, what was the money spent? I mean, because some of the effects are cheesy. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. I don't know if you what version you saw, but if you notice at the diner when John Hurt dies, or not again, order the soup, not the special. <laughs> that scene. Um, you can actually see the rod puppet getting pulled along under the bloody camera. It's like, yeah. what the? <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. What Are you f- trying to say it wasn't done as well as he did in Aliens? I think this uh-huh. may have been Lucas's revenge. He'll like, I'll let you have the rights to the movie for free, but you're going to have to use my company. Then he tells the company, charge him out the ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Double or nothing. Mm. Yeah, what I love about it is the movie describes itself as a Star Trek ripoff. Where was the Star Trek ripoff apart from the one scene with the transporter? What, yeah. what else did it rip off in, in Star, Maybe Star Trek? Maybe perhaps like the uh, the whole ludicrous speed. Because I know, like in Star Wars, they had the uh, you know the hyperspeed, whatever, like that. But uh, when they went, when they were doing the uh, hyperdrive, it re- it reminded me more of uh, not from the Star Trek like the original series, but the first Star Trek movie, the Star Trek the motion picture, when they were going to warp and uh, everything was just being filled, like screen being filled with weird colors and distortions. Uh-huh. It kind of yeah. reminded me of that. All I think of was Doctor Who. I was like, where's the TARDIS? Is it going to fly by anytime soon? <laughs> you know, that's all I can think of was, where's the TARDIS? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been cool. You just see a little phone booth bouncing off the shield. <laughs> the fuck was that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would have been actually quite interesting. Now, that, that, that's what I want to see. I want to see a movie parody of Doctor Who. Mm, yeah. And, and not the porn parody, Doctor Screw. That's, <laughs> already done. that's already done. Oh, dear. Although technically there was a, a Doctor Who parody done by Fox in the 90s, but moving on. <laughs> I've already covered that. Oh, Check and, just, and just because since I've mentioned it, uh, the only reason I knew I know that Doctor Screw exists is because Matt Smith told me himself uh, when I met him a few years ago. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently they actually had the rights to use the actual Daleks, which would be interesting, because how did they ask for that one? We were making a porn parody, can we use Daleks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you and you 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 could show Daleks and then find out later that they're just being piloted by the Dinks. Mm. Oh yes, that's what I was going to bring up. Was it me or was the Dinks ripping off Phantasm? It was just me. Could have. Mm, yeah, possibly. Because yeah, fun- it's like the Jawas, the uh, the 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 Phantasm slaves. Mm. I yeah. like that one of them was played by uh, Tony Todd, the same guy that was the uh, the preacher in Beetlejuice and the uh, the elf in Bad Santa. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of them's actually, um, oh god, what the hell's his name? The one that played ah oh, fuck, I've got his name. My 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 just went blank. Um, what the hell was his name? The guy that's the game show host on the British TV. Oh, you know that one because uh, the one that played Will. I think he's one of them also. Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, I forgot his name. Oh, no mind. Um, what else are going to bring up? Yes. Um, the the princess. I love the fact that she doesn't miss a shot when she's shooting the stormtroopers, just like in Star Wars, <laughs> where apparently Princess Leia never missed a shot. Yeah. On, like, the stormtroopers. Mm. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, Barf uses a like a sort of C-section tube to reflect the bullets back. I mean, I just love that. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, um, one of the dinks was one of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. 
Oh, right. Okay. Um, what else is going to bring up now? Uh, let me see. Ah, uh, yes, the sequel, which is supposed to be happening soon. Uh, do you think that's actually work in today's non-parody um, movies? I mean, I think the scary movie or the movie movies killed the parody Stone Dead. But do oh, you yeah. think? Do you think Spaceballs: The Search for More Cash would actually work? Honestly, uh, I think it's one of these things that, like, all of us that are fans of this would say that we would want to see it. We would see it, but I would predict like a huge flop. Mm. Yeah, I personally would go see it. if that movie. If I found out like you know this movie's coming out next week, I'd be there. But uh, I'd like to see it if it had more. If it had like some wit in it, but you know, Mel Brooks has said himself like he's not a fan of wit. Like someone tried to write like a really clever joke in one of his movies, and he told them like wit is shit, funny is money. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, some of his jokes are very close to the bone. I mean, the whole Blazing Saddle stuff, for instance, that is just too close to the bone. I mean, I remember watching it as a kid in the late 80s and thinking, ooh, this is not good. I mean, (laughs) Christ. Uh, And some of the stuff, mind you, Cena, his last parody, I believe, was Dracula Dead and Loving It, and it completely failed. Mm -hmm. So I think it's dead. I mean... Yeah. No, you're right. Like all these uh these movies, like you know, scary movie, all these that type of series, it uh I was a fan of parodies up until these movies. Mm. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of those at all. Um uh, I didn't think that they were very well done. Mm. Um and yeah, I just uh you're right. I think uh I, I personally I think it, it it's not gonna fly. No, no. Oh my Neither- god, he made a samurai version of Blazing Saddles. It hasn't been released yet, but it's called Blazing Samurai. And it's oh, a CGI action-adventure comedy film inspired by Blazing Saddles. Hmm, interesting. It's got Samuel L. Jackson and Ricky Gervais and George Takai in it. Oh, God. That would be interesting. I mean, what I don't get is, is um, apparently the studio wanted him to do the sequel in 1990, 91, but for some reason he couldn't get the money off the ground, and it wasn't until... 2000, we tried again, but he failed. Then the cartoon came out, and he tried to bring up hype for the movie. But since the cartoon failed, he's now basically back to square one, you know, which I don't get. How can just make a bloody parody movie or make the a serious movie sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't get that. Oh, you know one thing uh, about the cartoon? It revealed Dark Helmet's full name. Uh, which is? Panic and Crybaby. Oh, God. So, is it any wonder why it lasted just a season? Yeah. What was it, six episodes? No, 12 or 13. Oh, I thought it was six. Okay, then. Maybe six aired, but Mm. there was a uh, full 12 made. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of of any actual decent parody movies that actually made money. I know what Scary Movie, the original Scary Movie made a... Bought ton of money, it made something like a hundred and forty million dollars oh, yeah. profit. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, what else has made money? I mean, the hmm. the rest of the scary movies were shit. The movie movies were beyond dire. I mean, the whole epic movie and date movie and disaster movie and oh, they're fucking atrocious. dance movie. I mean, God, what else? We've got sports movie and fuck knows what movie. <laughs> it's like, is parody completely dead or? 
is it going to be like uh, haunted house movies? You have to have one good movie, and boom, it's back. You know, just like Insidious, the haunted house mm-hmm. movie brought back haunted house horrors. So, would it take a good, hor- a good movie? It it could. Like, I mean, like I'm I'm always an open mind, open minded guy. Like, I mean, I will give anything the benefit of a doubt. Um, but I don't, I, I guess so it could, I just not sure what, you know, what it, that would, what type of movie, what it would have to contain in order to make it good. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, Shaun of the Dead was kind of a parody movie of like a parody of the, uh, like not any specific movie, but of a genre. No, that's true. Yeah. The whole Cornell trilogy. Tropic Thunder, a a parody of like, uh, action movies and the Hollywood industry behind it. That's true. I suppose Zombieland is also a parody of zombie movies. I mean, the whole zombie fad, which thankfully is dying, because I can't stand zombie movies. They drive me fucking nuts. It's dying, <laughs> but it'll come back. Yes, yeah, yeah. Give it a <laughs> just, bit. Like the, just like the content of the uh, the focus of the movies, they'll come back. <laughs> mm. Yes, yeah. And then Kung Pao. Like, that was, a, uh, that was an amusing movie. Hmm. So it's, it's rare. Given like there's like ten parody movies a year, and you barely hear about one that's any decent, mm. the odds aren't good. It it definitely needs fresh blood. Like it needs to realize that there's, yeah, there's an appreciation for wit over just rapid fire. Hey, this is stupid funny. Like yeah, but can you make it funny without the stupid? Mm. Yeah, I think the one I'm thinking of that killed its stone dead was Sausage Party. Have you seen Sausage oh. Party? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly Sausage Party is one of the few movies that I stopped watching like halfway through. Yeah, it took me I didn't finish it. Yeah, it took me four days to watch it because it's just so cringeworthy and not in a good way. It's just awful jokes and it's frankly racist jokes they're using, which which could be funny, but these ones were just mean spirited and it's like, no, why are you using mean spirited jokes? Keep the things light, fluffy and well not fluffy, but light and sort of funny you know don't have all this whole what was it jewish uh, constitution counts for the for the bread sort of thing it's like yeah hey, uh, no no oh was it I, the matzo ball, or matzo balls in the concentration camp uh i try to think actually it's been a while since i've seen sausage party uh something i can't remember wasn't this some sort of jewish thing but I mean, we've gone, we've gone way off topic, uh, topic here. And I'll, I'll <laughs> oh no, you're, you're, you're not PC, of which I had a few times. You're not PC, trying to be more PG-13. I'm sorry, I am not fucking PC. I am not PG-13. I am a fucking solid X-rated person. If you like me, <laughs> piss off. I mean, Christ almighty. You I, think it, I think it came from a good place to like try to like quit making, like, eat, like pun- to stop people from punching down like being cruel excessively to a certain groups, but then the, the pendulum swung the other way. And now it's like, Oh, you can't take a shot at anybody. Some people need a shot. Yeah. Some people need a good slap in the fucking face. Yeah. Oh, crack in the balls. Black, Black dynamite. Is... That was recent. That was good. Hmm. Wow. I mean, the, the, the one thing I saw the, the party that killed the party for me was Baywatch, which was a piece of absolute trash. <laughs> I have not seen that. Oh, don't! Oh, yeah. just... For every for every good movie, there's ten or terrible ones. So it's not really anything like yeah. Parody is definitely in, I wouldn't say dead, but it's in critical condition. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, what it needs is, is somebody like Mel Brooks, but a younger version, or um, maybe a trauma movie to come back and bring it back, a decent parody trauma movie. Um, like, um, what the hell is that thing called? Toxic Avenger. These things were quite good uh, until they went absolutely dire. But the thing is, but trauma movies are very much hit and miss. I mean, are you a fan of trauma? Uh, yeah, like I, uh, I'm a fan of trauma. I can see we had a, we actually had Lloyd Kaufman on our show mm. before. Um, that was um, fun. <laughs> you want to say fun? <laughs> he, he showed up. He talked. He showed up. Uh, <laughs> he's a very angry individual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. He, he was good. He was, uh, I mean, he, he's a great guy. He, uh, originally we were slotted in for, I think he was, we were supposed to have like 20 minutes, 30 minutes with him. And he ended up staying on with us for like two hours. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, so we got, we got to run in a lot of stuff. He's, um, he's very good at going, uh, just blazing his own trail, I guess we'll say, no matter if it's doing one of his movies or being interviewed on a, <laughs> on a podcast. It's kind of like Robin Williams. He, but, he uh, interviews himself. Yeah. I'm a fan of uh, things like trauma. Like I, uh, for me, you know, uh, the value that give me a good story, how you deliver that story is not the most important part. Mm. And uh, I like his stories. I mean, like, you know, you can't obviously with trauma, you're not going to be taking it too seriously. Um, they're doing everything on a shoestring budget. This, it's just, uh, what I appreciate about trauma is that whatever pops into their heads when they're writing it, they're just going to run with it. It's yeah. going to be ridiculous, but that, yeah, it's totally ridiculous, but that's what we're going to throw in there. So, um, I always feel like when I'm watching a trauma movie, if, uh, eight year old Sheldon was given like a production crew, uh, <laughs> and a, 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 an effects team, uh, and he said, "Hey, we want you to make a horror movie." Okay, <laughs> that's what that's what the results would be. So, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a few of the trauma movies are just utter trash. Some of them are quite quite good, such mm. as uh, was it Class of nineteen ninety nine? That's quite good. Um, you should cover it on your show sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, sure. You mean Nukem High? Is it Nukem High for just Class of nineteen ninety nine? There is Class of nineteen ninety nine. There is a Nukem High. Okay, then. Well, as I say, I have now skewed completely off topic. So let's, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Robin Hood Men and Tights. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, tight tights. Oh, yeah. I've got. I got to ask a question, honestly, for both of you. Um, of your, uh, your, of the Mel Brooks. Ah, let me try that again. Of the Mel Brooks movies, what's your favorite? Huh. Hmm. I, I liked say... Men in Tights. Like Dave Chappelle was great in that. Like when the sheriff's like, "You're pissing me off." If I was if I was if I was under that horse like you, I'd be worried about getting pissed on. Mm. I would say this movie, um, because this I've watched this thing about what ten times or so. So yeah. I would say this one. I mean, the other ones I've seen a few times, but this I've got going back to time and time and time again. So this is why I'm covering it for my podcast uh, because I like it. Um, but yeah, yeah. Bla- Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. I think they'd be competing for first place with me. Spaceballs, like close second. For me, Spaceballs, uh, definitely, like I said, being uh, a huge Star Wars fan when I was a kid. But I was also a huge Frankenstein fan. That was the the original, uh, um, I don't want to say original, but the universal Frankenstein monster was one of the, uh, Frankenstein movie was one of the first horror movies that I saw. 
uh, just because they used to put these old black and white movies on TV late at night. And uh, I was a huge Frankenstein fan, so of course, Young Frankenstein, like you know, get a parody of Frankenstein, that was kind of up my alley as well. So it's kind of tied between those two, um, and a lot of it is, you know, not because of how good the movies are, but like I, I'm, I'll fully admit, it's a lot to do with uh, nostalgia for me. Mm. So, but yeah, it's uh, definitely between the two. Okay then. Okay. Right before I wrap this up, what is your Guys, thought on these Star Wars movies and whether where Disney's taking them to? Whew, that's uh, that's a tough one. Um, I am fully going to admit I was a fan of the uh, Force Awakens. I was in the theater. I couldn't wait for it. I thought that it was a decent job, and I know that's uh, highly up for debate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure what the hell happened with the Last Jedi. Yeah, someone said, well, "Let's have like a slow crawl, high stakes, like." final death march scene and then guys like great but i really want to do a heist movie in a casino yeah 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 exactly that's what i mean like i'm not sure where last shot i went so uh for me like it's hard to say like i know uh, a lot of people have their opinions about it and uh everybody loves to hate on disney um i don't think it's a good idea for one company to have control over so many things yeah, excuse me. Yes, exactly. Why does it have all this power over Marvel, Star Wars, and then, uh, of course, House of the Mouse itself? Why does it have so much power? I mean, what's next? Mother Rudder Dunfox. What's next? Bloody, they're going to take over DC and completely destroy DC also. I don't mm-hmm. get why House of the Mouse has this much power, or the evil House of the Mouse, as I call it, because I can't stand Disney. Ever since I was a kid, I hated Disney. It was just too sacking into sweet for me no yeah i know i know there's a lot of there's a lot of love for disney a lot of people have found memories of disney i mean as a kid i could take it or leave it like there's some disney things that i thought were good some other things i really didn't care about um so like i'm not like i was never like a huge huge disney fan um but i mean like again i'm the type of person that gives i'd like give things the benefit of the doubt and if you keep giving me good stories that's fine um so far disney is like you know sometimes they've hit the mark since they've taken over some of my uh some of my favorite properties like the marvel movies uh some some have been great some other times they've uh, they've missed a the mark like i said like uh, last jedi i i still don't know what that is mm. <laughs> all i know is that uh it's another movie that could have been heavily cut down <laughs> I like yes. the fact that like one of the main points of like like Poe Dameron's lesson in that movie was you have to just trust and respect the chain of command, despite the fact that we are basically a rebellion and our, our basic <laughs> premise is not listening to stronger authoritative figures. No, I think the whole point of, of the force uh sorry, last Jedi rather was listen to feminist power, you will do as you're told because you're nothing but a stupid man. And that is what pissed me off it's completely. I cannot stand this whole we are women, here us, roar stuff. It's supposed to be equal opportunity for equal sexes. Why is one above the other? Is that the whole point of being a feminist is to have equal equal power on the both sexes? Not having it skewed on one side, which really pissed me off. This is why I went for the juggler while doing uh, Force Awakens. I came up with super millennial and bratty millennial and cowardly millennial and all this stuff because it was just ridiculous. It's like, what the fuck are you doing to Star Wars? I mean, it's a complete joke. In the original ones, for instance, you had Princess Leia, who was a kick-ass badass, 
But she didn't go, I'm a princess, listen to me sort of stuff. Well, she did it a few times to um, Solo, Han Solo. But she wasn't continually going, I'm the princess, do, do what I tell you. She was a kick-ass fighter. She was a bounty hunter, for fuck's sake. You know, she was shooting guns and she was taking Larson in charge. But she wasn't berating um, any of the male stuff at all, which uh, this new stuff is really gets on my fucking tits. It's, it's really, really annoying. Yeah, she was uh, Princess Leia was a kick-ass babe. One of my one of my first crushes. A lot of people, I, you know, that's that's pretty a common thing for most uh, '80s boys in the '80s, I guess. <laughs> but yes. yeah, that was uh, one of my one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, the gold bikini. Yes, well, hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is what annoys me. I've just covered the alien movies, and Ripley in the alien movies is a no nonsense kick-ass. But the, uh, the last two movies, the Prometheus and Covenant, what the hell happened there? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, in Prometheus, uh, what's her name? Shaw runs out like a complete idiot, and she's high as a kite towards the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck could you carry this android's body while stoned out your brain cells with a fuck-off cut across your stomach? And still make it back to the bloody ship. How what the hell is she? I mean, and then of course you've got the other chick in Covenant, um, which I can't remember her name off the top of my head. Um and she was also doing my nut and one minute she's going, Oh boohoo, look at me, boohoo. Then she becomes into Ripley and fails miserably at it. I'm going, What the hell? Why have you killed this franchise stone dead? Stop having these overpowered females have yes, have a strong female uh, character i.e. Ripley from the other, well, first three movies, but don't have her super duper I'm a Mary Sue, I'm invulnerable. Have her leveled off, have her vulnerable yet strong, you know, have her tough and durable, but she's also still a woman. She's not this complete utter bitch. I mean, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get shit for saying this because I do get shit for saying this stuff, but it's really getting on my tits. I mean, it's, it's really, really annoying now. Yeah, that, I mean, like that's that's the thing. Like, it's uh, I'm not a fan. Like, like you know, not just talking about uh, female character, any characters. Uh, one thing I just can't stand in any movie are just whiny characters. This is why, like, the prequels uh, of Star Wars just didn't resonate with me at all because uh, the focus, the main character Anakin, they made him such a just a just such a whiny, naggy person. And that, to me, that's just poison. Like, I cannot take characters like that. Yeah, I can't uh, stand they, they, they wanted him to be like a, they wanted him to be like the previous generation's Luke, and I guess they took the wrong aspects of his original character. Like, hey, remember when he was a whiny bitch on the farm? All right, mm. so Anakin is just another whiny bitch in the desert. The desert does that to people. It evaporates your testosterone, and all that's left is whiny bitches. Mm, yeah. I can't stand sand. It's too coarse and and itchy, oh fuck off you little shit. And gets everywhere. <laughs> crying out loud. How did he become Darth Vader for fuck's sake? I mean, crying out loud. But anyway, as we say now, we're well off he track. Re- he, didn't, he didn't respect we're the high ground. <laughs> we're way off the mark right now. Yeah, so let's wrap this thing up. As we said, that was Spaceballs, a great little spoof of Star Wars, still funny even to this day, and the effects, for the most, still hold up. The acting is top-notch, as I said, most stuff was done on set, on the fly, and everything about this thing is great, so go at ludicrous speed and wreck the sucker. I'm going to give this thing a 8 out of 10. 
I want to say thank you to the guys at the Graveyard Shift for doing this, and to my loyal listeners, all five of you. And would you guys like to tell you how to get to your podcast? Um, sure. Well, you can find us uh, on the same format. If you find this show, actually, we are on Podbean. So uh, the Graveyard Shift, uh, Graveyard Shift at uh, Podbean.com. You'll find us there. Of course, you can find us on all the social media platforms, Twitter uh, at GYS underscore horror pod, Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Graveyard Shift pod, Instagram, Instagram.com slash the Graveyard Shift pod. And um, yeah, if you just go on Google and search the Graveyard Shift uh, horror with Sheldon and Mike, you're bound to find us in some form or another. Yeah, don't mistake it for the other Graveyard Chef podcast. Look for the one with the tombstone and the two skulls, because yeah. apparently <laughs> we, we did not do research when it came to coming up with an original name. Yeah, include Sheldon and Mike in your search. <laughs> that, that'll take care of it. Yes, yes. Anyway, right. Uh, so don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And you can follow me. Excuse me, follow me. My voice just cracked down. Follow me. <laughs> On Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod or email me more suggestions to Here's Johnny's Refuse at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my other franchise podcasts such as Mad Max, Star Wars, Superman, American Pie, and many, many more. Also, my solo podcast of Donnie Darko, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, Beetlejuice, and many, many more. A bye. And remember, always have the soup, not the special. A bye. <laughs>